Hello and good evening, everyone. It is your good friend, Mr. Eric Norton, and I'm here tonight with my good friends, the brothers, Johnny and Danny. What's going on, guys? How are you? How's it Doing going? great. How's it going, Eric? Awesome. I'm so excited to have you guys here. You guys look like a tag team wrestling. <laughs> uh, uh, like you should be holding the belts or something like that. Uh, I, 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 love, I love what you got going on. So let me get out of the way. Danny, I'm going to uh, uh, shoot over to you first. Please introduce yep. yourself and tell us a little bit about who you guys are, and then, then toss it off to Johnny, okay? Yeah. Uh, so my name is Danny Tancredi from uh, Long Island, New York. Been a, uh, a card collector for for a long time. Growing up as a kid, our, our parents got us into card collecting, memorabilia collecting. Um, I'm a diehard, diehard baseball and New York Mets fans. Mm -hmm. So it's been a little tough uh, the past couple weeks, but we're rebounding. We'll be all right. And uh, as you can see, a diehard wrestling fan as well. Awesome. Johnny, how about yourself? Yeah, my name is uh, Johnny Tancredi, uh, Danny's brother, uh, older brother from Long Island, New York as well. Um, and we are the Card Foundation podcast. So like Danny said, we've been collecting uh, all types of, of sports cards for you know basically our whole life at this point. Um, you know, baseball, basketball, football. And then more recently over the last couple of years, we've been collecting uh, wrestling. So we decided to start a podcast and kind of talk about you know, our love for wrestling and wrestling cards and collectibles. And here we are. Awesome. I'm so happy to have you on tonight. First, I need to mention my sponsor, Dynasty Breaks. Go check them out at DynastyBreaks.com. New customers over there gets, uh, they will receive $5 off their first break there. That banner is going to be ticking at the bottom of your screen right now. Also, we like an interactive show here on Beckett Live Presents. So this is what we're going to do. I got uh, three cards I want to give away tonight. And uh, I'll show them, I guess, in order. Uh, Zion Lee, this is a relic out of 25. Ooh, nice. Nice. All right. Uh, we have The Undertaker. These are those art cards from Undisputed. Beautiful. And Rob Schamberger. Yes, exactly. And then yep. uh, one that we were, I think, all kind of excited about, 2009 TNA Impact Wrestling from TriStar. This is a suicide autograph number out of 25. So, Very nice set. Uh, yeah, it's great. All, all we got, I'm going to give them away to random commenters. Uh, just throughout the evening as we as we discuss things. Um, so please keep the comments coming. Keep the questions coming. If you've got questions for Johnny or Danny, please uh, please ask them. I will uh, get to them, and we will give these cards away uh, this evening. All right. Uh, I guess we got to start with you guys just had the big event happen in, uh, in New York last week. Did you guys attend that? So actually, we, we none of us uh, got to go that weekend. Um but we, I mean, the the lineup was so stacked. There was you know a lot of AEW guys, a lot of older WWE guys. They even had some baseball guys there. It looked like uh, it was a pretty good show from what we saw. Awesome. I gotta assume just up there in the Northeast that are are wrestling are at, are those athletes more accessible up there just because of work where, where it is in, in in retrospect to to connect to Connecticut and or. Did I get that right? Yeah, Connecticut. And, you know, just yep. WWE being right there. And then obviously, you know, the Mecca of all of all places is Madison Square Garden. I guess that's all right there. And, and guys are easily, not easily accessible, but more accessible. Is, is that a fair assumption? Yeah. I mean, I would say uh, we actually have a store out by us called the Wrestling Universe that oh. sells a ton of different wrestling action figures. It's one of the only wrestling themed stores in the country. And he does an incredible job of bringing in different talent. So you get a mix of legends, current stars. I believe there is a store upstate called Heroes Hideout, which also brings in a lot of WWE uh, superstars and legends. So it's really great to see. And they're putting on shows all the time. So we get a good amount of uh, appearances. That's good. That's, that's good that you guys uh, have something to do. I Down here in Texas, 
obviously there's a rich wrestling history too, but uh, you don't see the big names out as often unless they're coming to like a toy store or a con or something like that. Then, then you see them, but you know, it's still, it's still fun to see them out. So I got to ask both of you guys, and I'm going to guess the story is going to be pretty similar because you're brothers, but what, what really brought you into wrestling first? And then we'll, we'll talk about cards after that. Is it just being right there in the Mecca? Is that what it is? So we we got into wrestling in like the late 90s. I mean, that huge boom that I think every everyone our age, you know, as people in their 30s, late 20s, uh, I mean, it was hard to ignore it back then with Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Um, so that was really when we got into it, the Attitude Era. I would say like 97, 98 was really when we were completely invested. And we were younger. You know, I was probably like eight or nine at the time. Danny was only like four or five years old. And, <laughs> you know, we were we watched every single week. Um, you know, we grew up, you know, through the 2000s watching wrestling every week and we were just we loved it. Um, and then as we got more into the the memorabilia and the card world, it was kind of like a natural progression to say, well, you know, we've loved wrestling for so long there. You know, there's a card market. You know, they have you know, wrestling cards that they put out and tops and everything. Let's jump into that. And that's kind of, you know, what led us to the, the collectible aspect of it. Danny, would you echo those those statements? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Johnny's not giving me the credit because I actually got him into wrestling. <laughs> so he just, he just decided yeah. to not say that part of, but uh, yeah, I remember just being, you know, really, really young. Some of my earliest life memories is sitting in front of a TV and watching WWE wrestling and WCW as well. So, you know, I would run around in my underwear in the house and think I'm nature boy, Ric Flair. And I was obsessed and a diehard uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson fan. So a, that really sparked me into getting into wrestling. And it's just, it's the pageantry of wrestling that's just so great. You know, mm-hmm. the pyro, the lights, the matches, the the promos and the moments. That really drew us in and, and kept us there. You, you mentioned The Rock, and today is the anniversary of his in-ring debut as Rocky Maivia. Yes. 25 years. Guys, uh, give me your thoughts wow. about this. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, Rock I is mean, uh, he's one of the GOATs. Um, I mean, arguably the biggest you know movie star in the world today, and, and it's crazy that it all started – in the WWF or the WWE um, 25 years ago. It's the guy has had such an amazing career um, and we're both huge fans. So I shared that card earlier from uh, Inkworks, 2000 Inkworks from the mummy returns. Who would have, I mean, obviously the rock has the football card from Miami. uh, That is Mm -hmm. a huge, huge seller, but like that Inkworks autograph is, is a tough, tough find. Yeah, I, I, I think the price tag on that one that I posted earlier is, is a bit out of range. I think it's $125,000. I don't think that's yep. happening. But I don't think that $15,000 is out of the question. I, I mean, no. What do you no, guys No, I don't think so. <laughs> I usually see there's a few of his comic images autos from 1997 that are on eBay, and they're all in the four-digit range. Some of them are even you know trickling into the five-figure range. But you know who knows if that's a buy that could happen now and you maybe get a high grade on it or it's in really good condition. That could be a card that just continues to grow as the rock grows, you know, in his Hollywood career and hopefully one day back in wrestling. You know, go ahead. Go ahead, John. So I, I also think that was, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was his last, the last card he ever signed mm-hmm. um, was for the mummy returns. He didn't, he doesn't sign in the current product um, and he doesn't, you know, really sign that much anymore. So I believe that was the last time I think he did sign at the rock. Um, and now, you know, he doesn't, you know, usually sign with the, the rock name anymore. So I think that's what adds to the value of that is just the fact that it's, you know, one of the last pack pulled rock autographed cards and, you know, for the foreseeable future, we don't know if he's ever going to be in a product again. 
Yeah, you know, I don't. Uh, that's a good question then, because we we talk about this in the office. Uh, Matt Bible, our our wrestling guy in the office, uh, with Panini picking up the license here in just a little over a month. They're they're on January first. That's when they they start that license. I'm not saying that Tops couldn't pull it off. That's why it didn't happen. But I think if Panini might be able to, and that you know, seeing seeing a rock prism card or select card that like set the whole world on fire uh, wrestling oh world on fire but, i mean don't don't you think that'd be incredible uh i actually read an interview today from uh, i think gts uh distribution put out an interview with someone from panini their brand manager mm -hmm. and they said that no one's out of the question so stone cold the rock was name dropped so i mean it's something they're probably thinking about i mean that would be epic that would be you mentioned Stone Cold. That's a guy that's signed for Leaf for the last couple of years, but yes, he, you know you don't see him a whole lot. And is he in Topps products at all? Barely. He Barely. Uh, he has a Topps Transcendent Auto, but okay. other than that, I mean, no. So right there, Rock One, Stone Cold One A, and they're reversible. Two of the biggest names that possibly would sign for for Panini, and not saying that they won't sign for Topps before the. I don't think they have how many more releases do they have probably like five, right? Yeah, so just there's a handful. rumored to be like five. I mean, we don't know what we're going to get, you know, from now until January 1st. You know, there's Heritage, um, there's Finest, there's Flagship that they floated out there. Uh, I mean, we don't really know what is going to come out. We're kind of just, you know, going to sit back and wait. Sure. Um, so it should be interesting. What, what a, what an ass move. They just flood the market with autographs. <laughs> 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 so we actually they just came out with some uk products uh right. as we say on our show across the pond yeah. and they uh it seemed like they were doing a little sticker dump and really? there was a lot of autos that they put into products i mean they can't keep wrestlers on their rosters though so does it really matter <laughs> they might yeah, as well I mean, get them into as much as they can you know we actually just saw a stat about uh tops chrome that they're the latest tops chrome product i think they said like 20 percent of the of the card roster is not on the WWE roster anymore. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. So it's tough. Yeah. What is going on over there? Is Vince losing his mind? <laughs> no comment on that. <laughs> I think he's getting ready to sell. You think he's getting ready to sell? Yeah, I, I, I could see it. Triple H shows up to work and no nobody's there anymore. What do you do? I just <laughs> especially with NXT, all those uh yeah. NXT roster cuts, it's like, you know, that's his his baby, you know. So I'm sure it yeah. must have hurt to see a lot of those names that he's familiar with, you know unfortunately get let go it, it's really horrible to see all that uh do you guys know who david peck is if i say that name to you yes you really... all right so yes. david i love david uh he and i he's been on the show several times uh we talk boxing we talk wrestling david has one of the greatest uh 1980s wrestling all-stars collections ever his hogan collection is amazing yep. but uh i i, I want to ask you guys where where did it start with card wrestling card collecting for you? Obviously, with David, it's it's there at wrestling uh, '80s wrestling all stars. What about you guys? Was it was it some WWE product in the '90s or maybe the, those WCW autographs? What, what 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 about it? Yeah, so I think it started when we first got into wrestling. You know, we were collecting those giant photo cards that I that they put out mm -hmm. for. I think it was WrestleMania 14. Um, you know, we were opening stuff like that when we were kids. We were just want, we wanted anything wrestling WWF branded at that point. And, you know, it kind of slowed down from there, uh, a little bit of the Fleer stuff in the early 2000s. Uh, but I would say when Topps got the license back in the late 2000s was when they got, you know, Danny and I's attention again, um, you know, putting out stuff like Heritage and 
uh, Topps Chrome and, and stuff like that, you know, brands mm-hmm. that we were familiar with from like the baseball and, and football, basketball world that, you know, we, it was basically like a you know name brand that we recognized. Um, and again, we just, we love wrestling. So we said, you know, let's jump back in. We started collecting, you know, some of the guys that we loved from back in the day, you know, some of the current stars. And that's kind of like where our PC is at now. So do you guys collect together or do you have your own PCs? He oh, ain't touching mine. <laughs> yeah, we have our own PCs for sure. <laughs> yeah. He ain't touching mine. I, I think I heard that in a locker room once or twice. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we actually, so we kind of vary in our collections because it's, that's the nice dynamic about our show and shout out to our other co-hosts that couldn't make it today. Papa bear, Paul, we all have kind of our unique collections where, you know, Paul is someone that kind of invests in the cards He's looking for value, maybe strike some bucks in the near future. Johnny's more of like a PC for his guys that he just loves to collect. Mm-hmm. So it might not even be the most high-end collection, but it's what suits him. And I'm kind of someone in between where I want to get my top investment into what I'm putting in uh, that I'm spending my hard-earned dollars on. And at the same time, there's guys I collect that might be worth just a couple bucks. So we're really kind of all over the place. So you mentioned investment there a couple of times. Did this... We all saw how the card market reacted over the last year. Did the same thing happen uh, with with modern wrestling cards? Not, I'm not talking about the stuff from the 80s that we all saw blow up, but right. with modern cards, were were there some parallels there at all? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, not to the extent to what the vintage stuff did. You know, obviously right. the you know the, the rock cards that came out. You know, the Miami Hurricanes one, mm-hmm. and then it went to like the Panini uh, 97 Panini sticker. Um, you know, stuff like that just went crazy. It blew up. I wouldn't say it was the same for modern, but we definitely saw an uptick in the modern, you know, guys like Roman Reigns, John Cena, uh, a lot of the women. So Alexa Bliss, uh, Charlotte Flair, you know, people like that. We saw, you know, a lot of jump in, in terms of the prices. I mean, there were a lot of these guys were, you know, 10, 15, 20 bucks, you know, a couple of years ago, and they're well past that now. So we're seeing the same type of jump, just not as high in terms of dollar value. What do you think, Danny? Yeah, I would say that, you know, there's autos and current products, you know, one of ones, low numbered out of fives. I mean, some of the cards and, and you know, wrestlers that you see that aren't even the biggest names, they're selling, you know, $750 plus, $1,000 plus. So it's absolutely there. You know, like Johnny said, it wasn't like a crazy, you know, it just blew up out of nowhere. It seems like modern wrestling is a very gradual kind of incline. But that's also nice because, in my opinion, I think that also helps box prices. So if we saw this massive uptick, who knows, maybe tops or distributors come out and they say, well, wrestling's hot. We can mark up the product now, but it was very accessible for wrestling collectors. So that was kind of awesome to see that people could still get their hands on products. One, So you mentioned the name John Cena there and the women's wrestlers and a a topic of discussion in the Beckett offices often is what's a rookie. And obviously that, that goes to sports cards mostly, right? So when yep. you look at wrestling cards, you gotta kind of have to pick, I guess. Uh, so I'm 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 thinking specifically of John Cena's uh, was it is it Flair Royal Rumble? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yes. That like kind of just shot up overnight. Uh, did the is was that the wrestling community saying okay, this is his rookie card? Yeah, I would say so. Um... I think that, you know, a lot of collectors, you know, mostly outside of, of wrestling that may be just getting into wrestling, you know, a lot of collectors are 
you know, rookie first, you know, we all kind of think like, all right, what's the rookie card? It's a, it's a natural question we almost ask, mm-hmm. you know, because we're so used to doing that with other sports. So I think that's what happened with the, the John Cena card was, all right, well, what's his first card? What's his earliest card? It's the Royal Rumble card. Same for Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. uh, Randy Orton, they were, you know, all those Batista was in that set. Um, and I, I just think for a lot of the newer wrestling collector, the modern wrestling collectors, that's a, a natural question that they have. It's funny. We actually, on our show, we have a segment called Rookie Talk. And each week we pick a new wrestler and we kind of debate back and forth what the rookie card or the proper rookie card should be of that person because a lot of it is up in the air. It's, you know, there's indie cards, there's early cards, but a different gimmick. So it's, you know, we kind of go back and forth and talk about what we would think, you know, the rookie card would be. You know, you, you mentioned gimmick. God, that's a – like Tyler Black. <laughs> what do you do with Tyler Black and Seth Rollins? I mean, good God. That's, yeah. that's yeah. a tough decision to have. Man. Right. It's it's almost to me, it's like some of these values for a lot of the independent cards. And we I think over the past you know couple months, we've seen a huge independent wrestling card boom. To me, it kind of boils down to like rarity. You know, a lot of these companies are, are self-manufacturing sets and they're only doing 100. So we don't know how many sets got thrown away, how many are sealed, how many are graded or just raw in someone's collection. So when one hits the market, it's like this huge rush to try to get the card if you already don't have it. Right. So. God, indie, indies is tough too. Like, what do you do with MJF's first first card? Oof. I mean, we've talked about this on the show. I personally think it's the 2018 All In. The fact that it came in a set and the set eventually turned into AEW and it was this huge promotion. I would pin that as the rookie, but he does have other cards from 2018 and 2019 mm-hmm. at these indie shows. So that's the great debate. Is like, to me, I'm a more of like an old school traditional guy where I believe in pack pulled. You know, from a, a manufacturer, a big company, and there's others that just say, "Well, I go all first appearance." So you got to kind of boil that down too. Man, that's that's tough, Johnny. Where do you stand on that? Uh, yeah, I'm, I feel the same way. It, it's tough, you know. I think a lot of people are going to have you know a lot of you know, attention towards the upper deck release because it's his first card from a, a known manufacturer in the card world. You know, it was for, you know Panini and, and Tops upper deck. Those are names that. Are synonymous with the card world and i think a lot of people are gonna you know look at that card and say it's, it's his first legitimate card and then there are people like danny said you know he's had you know two or three indie cards that you know technically it was that first appearance and you know people value that upper deck putting out that AEW product um i oh man i i we in the office we clamored for somebody to get a license for AEW. And yep. Upper Deck got it. I like I like the product overall, but I think it's kind of barren on hits. I mean, like you need some more autographs or some something like that. What are your overall? Uh, what, are, what, Danny? What are your overall thoughts about it? Yeah, I mean, I I would agree with that. You know, statement that I thought when the product first got released and announced, I thought, eh, it's kind of tough on the autos. But a lot of collectors would say that, well, that's not always bearing on the autos because i mean we look at say panini cards if you pull a kaboom card that's yeah. massive money so we also don't know what some of these inserts maybe secondary almost like hits where they might spike in the market too so sure. i'm hoping that you know they get some good cards as the product that people are going to say i want this on the secondary market that should help some of the value overall i think as the rookie debate uh continues to burn they yeah. you know, look at you know like Britt baker what do you do you know she Right, her, she, you know, she's gonna have some auto card in uh in that set. Oof. Yeah, 
Exactly. What do you think? Go for big bucks. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I I tend to you know go on that side of the argument too, and I'll say like there are cards that of certain people I'd rather have, not necessarily an auto. Like for instance, like a Britt Baker or an MJF, I'd rather have uh, their base card in like a UD exclusive parallel mm-hmm. over you know some someone else's auto because I feel like in terms of value, you know, the bigger names in a low numbered parallel are going to do better than you know, some of the auto you know, autograph cards. I mean, we see it in all different sports, you know, so I don't think wrestling will be any different than that. Um, but I, I agree too. I would love to see a, a more hit centric product down the road. You know, if they want to keep, you know, the first release as like, you know, like a flagship, like a, like a top series one or you yeah. know, something like that, but then maybe do more of a higher end, like an artifacts or something down the road where it's, you know, very relic or very autograph heavy. You know, I think that would be a home run. I think those guys over at AD, I mean, obviously all you got to do is look at like the cup or exquisite or black diamond exactly. and, and you know what is possible. And um, outside of pops transcendent wrestling collectors don't really have like a, 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 a product that they can point to and go, look at how amazing this is. And I, right. and I question whether even tops transcendent is that product because it's, it's so out of reach for so many collectors. You just, I'm not. Yep. I I'm personally not paying twenty five thousand dollars a box for right. For card. Same. And, I, right. and I understand that it comes with the ticket and all and, and the party and all that. I get it, but I am much more prone to say, "All right, this box is six hundred and fifty dollars, and I'm going to get you know four amazing patches or whatever." I take a I take a gamble on that. No, I mean, right. and I think that most wrestling collectors are in that same space. And AEW is a brand that could absolutely provide look, just just look at the all you got to do is look at the roster who's there right now and it's a hit right yeah i mean they have such a good young core of wrestlers i mean i don't know if you got to watch uh AEW full gear from the previous weekend but that pay-per-view was just loaded from start to finish superstars that are going to be in the business for a long time that you know everyone's going to want their earlier cards 10 to 15 years from now mm-hmm. you know i kind of say like it's a big comparison i might get you know not crapped on for it, but I consider like the 2018 All In set to be similar to like the 1982 Wrestling All Stars. You know, it's kind of a similar format where you're buying a set, and who knows what you know MJF Hangman Page is rookie. I consider that to be in that product. Britt Baker. It's like these could be massive, massive cards 10 to 15 to 20 years from now. Absolutely. And then then there's the whole grading question, right? So I, I'm curious to talk about this with you guys. Uh, We've seen what grading has done to other markets over the last year. What has the wrestling graded card market been like? Or is there even one outside of outside of what you know PSA does with those uh that 80s wrestling all-stars? Are are there is there a current market for it? Yeah, I think there definitely is. Um I think again, sort of like the the price increase of you know where the market was from a year or two ago, I think we saw that with with grading. You know, I think a lot of people went out and, you know, started grading some of like the, the bigger names first, you know, maybe like a Roman Reigns rookie card from, you know, the 2013 or 2014 set. Um, you know, some of the, you know, like the Chrome scene as the Chrome rocks. We're seeing a lot of that start, stuff start to surface. And I think I don't think we're truly going to know what where the market is in terms of grading, probably until maybe about a year from now when everyone starts to get their subs back, you know, because there's a lot of stuff that's still out there. You know, people are still waiting to get their their cards back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from what we've seen, I mean, we're seeing a lot more on eBay now. And we're getting a lot of questions about, you know, how to submit. And, you know, it's it's a lot of collectors that never graded before. 
you know, so, you know, we mentioned Papa Bear before there are other co-hosts, you know, he he's had a lot of um, history with grading and, you know, he does it and everything. So a lot of people go to him and ask him, you know, how do I grade this? Should I grade this? And it's getting a lot more attention both on the show and like some of the forms that we're in. Uh, so I think it's picked up you know, tremendously. Yeah. And I, to, to kind of piggyback that, like just to give an example, like a live example of how graded wrestling cards could even just shoot up in value. So I would say about a year, year and a half ago on eBay, I bought a uh, Roman Reigns FCW card. So for those who don't know, FCW was kind of like a minor league promotion for WWE in the late or the early like 2010s. And I bought a BGS 8.5 of that card for 35 bucks. I saw a PSA 7 go for like 1300 about two weeks ago. I got offered $1,000 for mine a month ago. So the fact that it's a high graded copy, I mean, there's only a few BGS graded cards higher than mine, but you know, that just goes to show right there that that $35 card was just sitting there. And there was even two or three autograph copies that were like 65, 70 bucks that no one touched. And now all of a sudden they're going for a thousand dollars. It's, it's crazy to see. So him being a Paul Heyman guy doesn't matter. I just, not to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love the big dog. I'm a, I'm a Roman Reigns guy. So it is I definitely know what he's been doing. It is his yard. Uh, yep. <laughs> so um, what, so what's next, I guess. I mean, what, what do you think the outlook is with, with Panini getting the license and, and, you know, now AEW has a set ring of honor's gone. Unfortunately, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's no longer around, but you still have like smaller companies in these, in these putting out card products. What do you think the next big move is? I, I think it's, I honestly think it's prism coming from Panini. And I don't know that I think it would be hard to argue that. But is, are, are there any other brands that you see possible that would make uh, make non-wrestling collectors stand up, take notice, and want uh, want to join the join in on that fund? Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Prism, like you hit the nail on the head. I think Prism is going to be huge. I think we're going to see a lot of people come into the wrestling hobby that weren't previously in because of the Prism name. You know, Prism is synonymous within the hobby now. It's it's the you know the gold standard almost in terms of you know Panini's products, and you know I think. Once Panini starts putting out additional product, because their their you know inner product line is so vast and they have so many you know there's so many different things that they could do with that line in terms of high end you know we could see immaculate and and stuff like that I mean some of the relics and autos like the, the possibilities I think once you start seeing that coupled with the big names so if they get the Rock if they get Austin you know if they can get you know a guy like Hulk Hogan you know some of the the you know superstars from the past um, I just I think. The Panini line is just going to be so big. God, Panini National Treasures. I hadn't even thought about that. Oh, I know. <sighs> what do you got? My Dan? wallet too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just it's it's such an incredible time to be uh, into wrestling cards, just because now that AEW has hit their stride and they got the upper deck release coming out. You know, Panini's getting the WWE license. It's like we're so used to kind of for the past decade just getting seldom wrestling products from Tops and WWE, and then you got a couple indie sets. They don't come out so often, but now it's like independent cards are getting huge. We got Upper Deck Panini. It's just such an amazing time that it's only a matter of time till it explodes even more than what it already has. Sure. So what happens when that social media influencer, like what <laughs> happened last year with, say, soccer cards, or even at the beginning of this year with soccer cards, is one of these social media influencers takes this brand and says, oh, my God, everybody needs to buy Kerry Von Eric rookies. What happens then, you know? It, it, it's going to explode, right? Yep. 
Yeah. I mean, it's and it's going to happen because really we've seen it in every other sport. You know, it's like yeah. it seems that following, you know, baseball cards and basketball cards, me and Johnny collect really everything. We collect soccer. Our younger brother collects golf. So it's like we're a sports card household. And, you know, it's it's just going to be wild. It's it's only a matter of time till they hop in in wrestling because, you know, wrestling, you watch a SmackDown. There's two million plus people watching SmackDown every week. Mm-hmm. You know, Upper Deck is now getting over a million people watching. So I think when they see a Prism WWE, you know, card release come out, they're going to flock to it. But, you know, it's to each their own. I just hope that there's ways for, you know, collectors of high budgets, low budgets. Everyone could kind of get their hands on product. I, I, I hope so. Uh, one of the... Stop down right here and just mention my sponsor again. Go check out Dynasty Breaks at DynastyBreaks.com. Uh, let them know we sent you over there. And uh, remember, new customers get $5 off your first break. I told you guys I'd keep you about 25 or 30 minutes, so we're up against the clock here. Yep. Uh, I, I do have <coughs> – excuse me. I don't have a cough button. I do <laughs> have uh, a party, uh, some party questions for you. But it looks like Kevin has a question. Would the yep. rookie card be the first card to hit the market or the cards that are released during the debut year? Now, you see, Kevin, we already talked about that. We, we believe it's the uh, the first card to hit the market. However, if you go and listen to their podcast, the Card Foundation podcast, they have a, a segment called the rookie card and uh, or rookie cards, and then you can figure it out there. Um, all right, so it's time for the final five. Yep. I've got some cards to give away here. So it uh, looks like, Michael, Jamie, and Kevin. Kevin, you're going to win The Undertaker. Michael, you're going to win The Lee. Jamie, you're going to win The Suicide Autograph. I need you you guys to uh, email me your shipping addresses. Uh, It's ericn, that's E-R-I-C-N, at beckett.com. And let me know what card you want, and I'll get these off to you. Uh, It's time for the final five. I keep waiting for the heel turn, you guys have been so nice and, and generous. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be well, hit me with a chair or something. <laughs> honestly, it's like we're our podcast. We've gained such a, like a, a crazy following in such a short time. I mean, we're just three dudes that love to collect. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have a bad bone in us. We love helping people, and that's kind of why we started the podcast. Was like let's help fellow wrestling collectors and new collectors kind of dive into this market and be like a someone that kind of holds their hand into it. Sure. You know, we talk to different collectors, and we've talked to David. Uh, Rob England is another really yeah. awesome card collector. We talk to all these different guys in the hobby, and everyone is so great, so friendly, and we we just love talking to people about cards in general. Awesome, that's awesome that uh, we do that. Especially, you know, I'm a, I'm an old wrestler. I don't know how you guys are. I'm 40. I grew up right here in Texas with the WCCW. I went. I yep. saw Kerry Von Eric. I saw Kevin. I saw David. Now, was this at the Sportatorium? Yes, this was at the Sportatorium. There you go. I, I hid under my mom's chair when Kamala came down the aisle. <laughs> was, That's amazing. It, it was a like it's a real thing. I, I have programs uh, with all the Von Erich's autographs on them, and the, I think they're oh. cherished. They're cherished awesome. history for me, you know. And I just yeah. love it. So I love being able to uh, pick up uh, the line here and talk wrestling with you guys. I, I absolutely yeah. uh, found it, and, it, and it was on short notice too. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, oh, this was great. No, thank you. Great. We got to do the final five though. This is where I ask you five random questions that have nothing to do with wrestling, uh, nothing to do with card collecting. You get to show a little bit of your uh, your personality. If one right. of you wants, to, if one of you wants to turn heel and hit the other one with a chair, you can do that <laughs> too. Okay, Let's five random questions from my pod decks. What the heck deck? Here we go. <laughs> uh, Danny, well, I'm, yeah. I'm going to ask both of you the same question, but we'll we'll start with Danny. If you could talk to one species of animals, what would it be? Oh, easy dogs. 
Dogs all day yep, long. I'm dogs. always a dog guy. Johnny? Yeah, I'm going to have to go dogs too. I, I, right. We're a big dog family, so going to have to go with dogs. I'm going to go with cats because I have two of them, and I want to know why they're such asses. That's uh, – <laughs> That's I mean my dog she's easy to figure out. It's the two cats yep. that I just don't I don't understand. Yep. All right. Uh oh, this is a this is a good one because we're talking wrestling. Danny, do you have a signature move or quirk that people notice or comment on? Oof. That's a hell of a question. Gonna have to think about that one real quick. Sweet, sweet actually, Johnny, if you know off the top of your head. Yeah, so actually it kind of makes sense for what we do now. I think what most people would say that I talk a lot and which makes sense because we have a podcast now. So I get to talk a lot every week, you know, and into the mic and, and talk to my brother and our friends. So yeah, I would say that um, I'm always talking, I'm always trying to, you know, talk conversations and okay. definitely. Yeah. I th maybe it's just, we're too nice. That's what, that's one nice. right there. Just, they are the anti demolition. They are just nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. This is another good wrestling question. If you, oh, by the way, uh, do I have a quirk or a signature move? Uh, yeah, when I when I find something funny on the show, I take my hat off and I rub my head like this, and then I put <laughs> it down. Or I get nervous. If I get nervous, I do the same thing. Okay. If you had to pick a new name for yourself, what would you pick? All right, what's your wrestling name, Danny? So, actually, my nickname all throughout my life has been D-Tank. First initial, and then the last name. So, D-Tank would be my name. There you go. What do you got, Johnny? Oh Are man! You J Tank. <laughs> what were the tag teams? So yeah, I know, yeah. I always, I got J named J Tank after he got D Tank because everyone was calling him D Tank, so they just you know automatically started calling me that. So sure. I guess we're the tanks. That would be our really? tag team. Yep. The tanks. If you came out in a Sherman, that would be awesome. Just <laughs> like a small Sherman, though, so they could get it through the curtain. Yep. <laughs> no one wants that the giant Rusev Sherman. Tank. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, see, my my nickname is E Dizzle. My wife calls me E Dizzle. So. Um, Let's go E-Dizzle in the tanks. We can be a, a tri a, a trifecta tag team. There so we, we can take on the New Day. They got three. We're three. Exactly. Let's take them on. <laughs> oh, uh, if peanut butter was not called peanut butter, what would it be called? Man. <laughs> this, it's going to sound horrible. Okay. What about like nut spread? <laughs> nut spread. <laughs> it's got to be something close to that. I mean, what ladies, else could it be? Ladies and gentlemen, nut spread is the reason that <laughs> Alexa Bliss won't be joining us on the show tonight. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, big old jar of nut spread. <laughs> uh, has anybody ever? Oh, this is a good one. We'll, we'll end it on this. This is the last one of the final five. Has anyone ever started a rumor about you? And if so, what was it? Hmm. Come on, locker room talk. What do you guys got with the boys? Pro probably our our third uh, co-host. Spread yeah. rumors because we're actually so we all work for the major wrestling figure podcast. Mm -hmm. So that is Brian Myers, Matt Cardona. Mm -hmm. Uh, so who knows what Papa Bear is telling them about us when we're doing on our show? I had Brian on the show uh, a couple of months ago. I did, I watched that uh interview, it was fantastic. Awesome, thank you very much. And we had a good time talking, uh, talking wrestling with him, specifically the impact wrestling cards. And yes. again, we gave away the suicide. I wonder which suicide signed this one. I wonder if it was maybe just somebody at TriStar that signed it because there was like nine yeah. different suicides, right? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Is that going to be like a Luka Doncic, like Lulu, his mom signed it, and yeah. one of those uh, instances? Maybe. It might be. <laughs>
All right. So uh, I don't know that anybody's ever started a rumor about me, but I feel like uh, if if they did, it would be that Shawn Michaels' song "Sexy Boy" was written about me. That was actually <laughs> what I. Was hey, two thinking. Texas boys, so that would make it, sense. Exactly. It, it, it bothers me that his name is Hinklebottom. Like it to my soul. Yeah. Just, I'm like, oh, that's just. I know you were Shawn Michaels, and now he shaved his head. Yeah. It's just, it's just not a good look. You're looking know, like Nick Gage. Yeah. Two twins out there in wrestling. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Uh, go ahead. Give your uh, give your uh, show a shout out. Tell people where they can find it. And uh, it's, it's once a week, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we drop new episodes every Thursday on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you download your podcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Card Foundation Pod, uh, YouTube.com slash Card Foundation Pod. So we're all over the place. We're always putting out new content. Awesome. And uh, new episodes drop every Thursday. Every Thursday. Yep. Yeah, awesome. Great. So Spotify then? Yes. Yep. All right. There we go. Easy. We're there. You guys go check them out. Uh, love the shirt, by the way. I saw that Brett was in Toronto this week. Uh, I was supposed to be there. I could not make it. Did, did so that's actually our shirt, the knockoff uh, Brett Hart shirt there. Is, does, is Brett aware of that shirt? <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't actually, need a piece of assist. He was here, I guess it was like um, two months ago now at this point. And I was going to go to the, the signing. I ended up not being able to make it, but I was, I thought about wearing the shirt and then I was telling some people, oh, I think I'm going to wear the shirt. And he's like, like I, don't, I don't know if you should wear the shirt. And I was like, yeah, maybe <laughs> I should just wear my, I got a, an old Bret Hart shirt. I'm like, I'll probably just wear that. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, that's going to be it. Hey, hang out backstage with me a little bit. Uh, everybody else, we will see you tomorrow until then. Good night. God bless. And just be happy. Good night, guys. Thank you.